0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.
1: And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences.
0: It's the best, stretch forever. Stretch best forever. Best, forever. And now please welcome. 5-8 from Maryland, Frank Zussman! And your co-host 5-9 from St. Francis, Frank Stampol! Ladies and gentlemen, your BFFs! And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34.
1: This is the BFFs. He is Frank Snaffle. I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frankie? Frankie, happy Thursday to you, bud. Are you ready for some football, Thursday night? I football am, is Alex. Tonight. I am. Are you still ready for some football? I Greg? am, Alex. I am. We got a big one tonight: divisional matchup, Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts. Great way to start off Week Twelve. But before that, Greg i just sleep last night, buddy. So
0: great, man. Watched uh, what did I watch last night? I watched uh, a couple episodes of Mr. Robot that I caught up on, watched the Nick game, which was fun for a while, and then somebody in my group of well, friends It was fun for a long while. They they were hanging in there. One of my group friends said, Wow, who are these Knicks? And then I was like, the same
1: Knicks as always. Get out to a big lead and blow it. Of course. Right? So that was happening? a lock. Uh, I also If the Knicks ever go up ten points in the fourth quarter, in game bet on the other team immediately. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. Every and, time. And then I ended my night uh, watching the
0: series premiere, I started it last night. Uh, I wound up watching Succession, which I've been wanting to watch. What is a Succession? It's an HBO program that's through season two now. Um, but I thought but I've been waiting to get through the whole wedding thing because I my time was taken up. So I thought it was a show that Judy would like. So we watched it. She didn't fall
1: asleep. She enjoyed. We're good. All right. Is that the barometer? As long as Judy doesn't fall asleep, yeah, that in. means it's a pretty good show. Well, for like, I thought I knew I would like it, but I thought I've been waiting to watch it with her because I think it's a show she would like as well. Already, she was in. All right, fair enough. I believe that this is a show that uh, Blondo Dublino and his wife at your wedding, yes, were telling Kinga and myself to watch. I believe it. It's an HBO show, you know. Yeah, you got to promote the brand, obviously. Got to promote
0: the brand. I also want to watch Watchmen. Haven't gotten to that yet. That,
1: a, I heard that's very good as well. I heard
0: it's awesome. I'm yeah. a big Lindelof fan. Not a, not a Judy show. I got to watch that. I was trying to just catch up on
1: Robot before I start Watchmen, but that's the next in the queue.
0: All
1: right, yeah, I would like to watch uh, Watchmen as well. I've heard good things. I enjoyed the movie. But, Greg, there's so many things going on. I'm trying to stay up to date in basketball, trying to get ready for week 12. It's impossible. Trying to watch all the wrestling content that's going there's on. There's too much I mean, TV. We, like, had two, we if, had, if you we had have all these things, air
0: on Netflix and, and Amazon, I don't have time to watch it anymore. Dude, Disney
1: Plus just came out, so... Yeah, I don't have I want to watch... Greg does not like superheroes. Right. Childhood but I, I want to watch Watchmen, though. I'm trying to watch the X-Men animated series on Disney Plus Spider-Man animated series. There's just there's too much going on. There was a great basketball game on late last night between the Clippers and the Celtics. I saw that this morning. I was sleeping. There was so much. There's just a lot going on. So much going on.
0: And that includes Thursday Night Football tonight. Good game between the AFC South, Houston Texans, and the Indianapolis Colts. This one is in Houston. We'll have you covered. We'll break it down a little bit later on the program. Uh, I don't really know what... We're going to have to add, we've been talking about this one uh, for a while with the running backs. We'll, we'll let you know what the, what the line is, what the total is, uh, and, and some props that we like come up a little bit later on. We also have Virginia Zakis rejoining the program this week. Woo! So she will be on uh, toward uh, 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time if you're watching live here on Pluto TV, Channel 517. You on the edge, Frank. What do you do? You get on the grid. You get on the grid. That's right. You get on the grid indeed. Uh, so we appreciate wherever you're watching, and thank you for tuning in. We uh, will begin our show with what I mentioned to you this morning as you walked in here earlier. And I was like, Frank, did you did you know that Mohammed Sanu and Philip Dorset didn't practice yesterday? He's like, wow. I'm sorry for putting words in your mouth. You're, you're sitting right here. But you were like, wow. I, I knew about Sanu. I didn't realize about Dorset. This is pretty big news.
1: Yeah, it is because... This Patriots offense has already been limited big time so far this season, and now you know Mohamed Sanu didn't practice yesterday. We'll see what happens today. I haven't seen the the Patriots practice report yet. Philip Dorsett, I saw some of that news later on last night, but you know he left with a concussion. He's dealing with concussion symptoms now. Edelman's a little bit banged up, but he's you know he should be good to go. But ultimately, that could open up some opportunity, Greg, because they need pass catchers on this team. They haven't been able to run the ball effectively. I think. This should lend itself to the arrow pointing up for James White. We could see more targets, although his targets have uh, been pretty consistent so far this season. But there's two names specifically. I know there's one that you really like a lot that we will talk about uh, when it comes to the leftovers segment, Craigie.
0: Yeah, there is some, some stuff going on with the Patriots when it comes to the leftovers when we get to that after the break, but I, I certainly believe it's worth mentioning. Also, uh, over the next hour, Frank, I know you are your rankings are, are published. I know, I know they're done, but like, are they published? They're not done yet. They're they're per, they're currently being worked on. Well, I wanted to work through it with you because as you Let's walked in, I had uh, a bunch of running back questions. A lot of guys in similar tiers have been waiting on, on Jalen Samuels versus Bo Scarborough for a while. I wanted to add Darius Geist to that mix. Um, I, I think there's a lot of running back conversation that we we have to have. We have to try sure. to figure out. Um, where they rank, how you rank them. We want to answer the people's questions because we know you have them when it comes to Bo Scarborough. When it comes, we talked a lot about Bo this week. I, I know I we will. Yeah, all
1: the Bo Lever, you know, stuff aside, there is a lot to talk about, right? Like yeah. how high is too high when it comes to ranking Bo Scarborough this week. I
0: also it want, is a conversation worth having. I also want to get into Devin Singletary as well because I know he's in the top twenty of, of a lot of rankings, and I got to see where you have him there. So I, I want to spend a lot of today talking about the leftovers. Yes, getting into Thursday Night Football, talking to Virginia for sure. I want to dive into these rankings here on our final bye week and see what we could do.
1: All right, sure. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense to me. Trying to figure out where to put some of these guys. I mean, there's very specific situations, Greg, that you know, I was talking to a few of the guys downstairs about this, the closer, Alex Fasano as well. There's a lot of running back situations that you don't really know what's going to happen based on the injury report so far, right? So when it comes to the Steelers, and I tweeted this out last night, drink, we knew that the Cincinnati Bengals defense was really bad. But did you know that they were this bad, Greg? They have allowed a 100-yard rusher or a rushing touchdown to a running back in every single game this season. The Bengals are really bad. The problem is when it comes to the Steelers, normally they don't run a committee, but normally they have a running back that they can depend on as well. So is it going to be Jalen Samuels? Is it going to be Benny Snell? Is it going to be Trey Edmonds? So there's a lot of names in the mix there. The Eagles situation, we got to talk about that. You no, know, Miles Sanders is he going to be the guy again? Jordan Howard is banged up; he hasn't practiced. So, there's just a few backfields here, Greg, that are pretty tough to rank this week, just because we don't know what's going on with the injuries.
0: We'll get into that and hit up with the leftovers when we return to the BFFs
1: on Sports Grid.
0: You want to about songs that, Young were made, that were banned at the wedding?
1: Oh, this was one of them? <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Sorry, bud. I noticed that you didn't play any Do You Remember? Right, banned. <laughs> I told you that was banned. What else was on the banned list? I'm, I'm interested in the banned list, Greg.
0: The banned list, you want to know what it was? Right. Yeah.
1: Right, go to my Do notes. You Remember? No, that was... No Village People?
0: No Village People, for
1: sure. No Village People. Um, Couldn't even get a YMCA in there? Come no on. No Cha-Cha bro. Slide of any sort? I did notice there was no no cha cha yeah, slide. No cha-cha sli- there was no a little sad, a little there, sad there, about that. There was no journey. Don't stop believing. Right, <laughs> I uh, made sure there's <laughs> perfect um, first dance song, Greg. It's so inspirational. It's usually I feel like I hear it a lot at the end. Um, yeah, that has been. There was no any bar that I've ever ended up right. at at the end of the night has always closed the night with right. "Don't Stop Believing." There was is,
0: no, there was no "Sweet Caroline." Just so tired of that song.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean. Is that just because you're tired of it or like a Red Sox thing combination of both? I didn't want to hear it. Alright. Uh and here's the controversy. <laughs> there was none of this either. <laughs> there was Although this. I would have been interested to hear the band play this. It's probably cool. Kinga bought me a trumpet for my birthday. And but I said, Did you, you play the trumpet? I played four years in high school. Oh, that's pretty good. So I haven't played the trumpet in 10 years. That's a nice birthday gift. It's a great gift. She's a really really good good gift giver. That's cool. Uh, But now, A, I need to learn where I can play because if I play in my apartment, I'm going to get kicked out. We have a holiday party coming. (laughs) Dude, I haven't picked up a trumpet in 10 years.
0: Danny, would you like to see Frank play the trumpet and play Baby Shark at the holiday party?
1: hundred and ten percent. Eventually, yes. I would like to learn how to play Baby Shark. Gonna, that was one of the y- first y- yeah, things Yeah, have about said. two weeks. I, that's not enough time. Greg, I have to learn how to just play the thing uh, in general. Uh, that's uh, a trombone. Uh, <laughs> All right. This is trumpet. trumpet, Al- trumpet what if is Alex the brings a trombone? He can play the trombone. That's fine. Alex, will you bring your trombone and play Baby Shark at the holiday party? He we could. said yes. <laughs> wow.
0: I think you should do that. For sure.
1: I would love to play a duo with Alex, Alex but... First, I need to learn how to play the trumpet again. So maybe by
0: next year's holiday party. Maybe by next year. Um, and also, this is the controversial one. Uh-oh. Shout was not allowed to be played.
1: Put my hands up
0: or shout. Right. It's a, uh, obviously from Wedding Crashers, a wedding staple. Um, and it
1: Alrighty, so, uh, Greg laying down the law. Yeah. These songs will not be played at my wedding. Right. I guess I should start making a list, right? I mean, you have a while. Yeah, I have a I have <laughs> <You> a little <laughs> while. Like a year and a half, Uh, you know?
0: You have have some time, my man. You have some time. All right. uh, Let's get back to fantasy football, and let's let you know who was left on the waiver wire and worth picking up. It's time for the leftovers. Still hungry? Didn't get your fill from the waiver wire? Now I want more. The BFFs has your leftovers. Watch this. Never mind. Give me a whole lot of... Mm. Mm Mmm. All right, it's time for the leftovers. Who is left on the waiver wire and worth picking up? And Frank, we begin where we begun the show: to the New England Patriots, and in particular, to Nikhil Harry.
1: Yeah, Nikhil Harry, definitely interesting. You see how much he played last week: 43% of the snaps, but. Look, if Philip Dorsett can't go, he played 46% of the snaps. Mohamed Sanu was on the field for 55% of the snaps. So they really do have a rotation at the wide receiver position. Outside of Julian Edelman, played 89% of the snaps. But between Jacoby Myers and Nakeel Harry and Mohamed Sanu and Philip Dorsett, they have been rotating those guys in and out, Greg. And I almost wonder if Sanu was playing through that ankle injury last week during the game And that's why he played those limited snaps. But ultimately, definitely have interest here in Nikhil Harry. Uh, You know, I'm not going to drop any of the running backs that I just picked up this week. But, you know, among the wide receivers that we talked about the other day, Nikhil Harry probably has as much upside, if not more, than any of those names that we mentioned. Especially if Sanu or Philip Dorsett can't go. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested. All right, I'm also interested as well. Harry's got to pick up the slack. He's the first-round pick. They obviously
0: have big thoughts for him. Wasn't active his first game back. Had a couple of catches last week. He's going to be a major part of the offense this week if and when, potentially, both Sanu and Dorsett are out. Frankie, what about my man? let tight end, Big Ben Watson!
1: Ben Watson, Greg. The past two games for Ben Watson, he has played 80% and 100% of the snaps, respectively. And he's running a lot of routes as well. There was only four targets last week, but this goes back to what I was just saying about how the pass catchers for the Patriots are banged up. I would expect more James White, more Edelman. You know Tom Brady is going to lean on the guys that he trusts most. But ultimately, you need somebody to throw the ball here, Greg. So, look, we're trying to find tight ends. The Cowboys have struggled big time against tight ends so far this season as well. I think Ben Watson makes some sense as a streaming tight end if if one or both of these guys are out. You know, if Sanu plays, if Dorsett plays, I think it's going to be hard for him to uh, make the most of that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I agree, unfortunately. I've been the Ben Watson guy. You're the Ben Watson guy. This week, we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm desperate for a tight end. I'm desperate uh, at the tight end position. All right, other players uh, that may have been left over on your waiver wire that you should consider potentially picking up this week. Um, I was about to say Zach Pascal, but we assume that T.Y. is going to play tonight, so that one kind of doesn't make sense. But other players that do potentially make sense, well, I go to Tennessee where Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, they're out there in a lot of leagues, Frankie. Tennessee's off the bye. They're facing Jacksonville at home this week. What do you think about the Tennessee wide receivers, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown?
1: So I know Corey Davis has been dealing with an injury. He did practice uh, yesterday, full participant. He was dealing with a hip injury. Uh, He was inactive in Week 10, and then they had the bye in Week 11. So it looks like he's good to go. I do have interest in Corey Davis and A.J. Brown here, Greg, because the upcoming schedule, right, maybe not Week 12 and Week 13, but you're talking about looking forward to the fantasy playoffs. And the other day when we were talking about waiver wire ads, I brought up Ryan Tannehill. He has been very consistent from a fantasy perspective. But Greg, that schedule from week 14 through 16, the Oakland Raiders, the Houston Texans, and the New Orleans Saints, those are plus matchups for wide receivers so far this season. So if you're asking me which one... I would actually probably lean with A.J. Brown. He seems to have a better rapport with Tannehill so far. He's been the playmaker for this team. I understand that they spread the ball around. Like Jan- Jonu Smith has been involved. Adam Humphreys has been involved. But those matchups are very good, and I would lean towards A.J. Brown uh, just because he's been a little bit more consistent than Corey Davis, if we're being honest. I
0: agree. A.J. Brown is probably the wide receiver that I would go with as well over Corey Davis. I don't really want to do it, but if you have to, you have to. A.J. Brown uh, facing off against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Other players that are out there. And I think... I don't know your wide receiver rankings, but I think this guy's probably above both of those. Your boy Russell Gage for the Atlanta Falcons. Great, great, great matchup
1: against Tampa Bay Bucks. You buying? So, the snaps haven't necessarily been consistent for him. He is the third wide receiver. You know, they've been doing a little bit more running over the past couple of weeks because they've been playing with those positive game scripts here, Greg. But how can you argue with the matchup going up against Tampa Bay? I mean, yeah. there? there is there's no other, like, whatever exaggeration you want to make about how bad the Bucs secondary actually is, it's even worse than that. So, yeah, we like Calvin Ridley. We love Julio Jones, obviously, this week. I heard the guys on the Fantasy Football Frenzy talking about how they have Calvin Ridley ranked inside their top 12 this week, and it's really hard to argue with that. Uh, But I do like Russell Gage more than the Titans wide receivers. You know, if, uh, if the Pats guys were out, I probably would rank Nikhil Harry higher. But as of now, I will rank Russell Gage higher than Nikhil Harry. 48% of the snaps last week for Gage. The week before that, 62%. So again, when they go to three wide receiver uh, sets, he's the one who's in there playing slot wide receiver and that buck secondary is just so bad. I almost wonder, Greg, that if the Falcons get off to an early start here and that defense looks as good as it has the past couple of weeks then they might just lean on Brian Hill again in the second half like they have the past couple of weeks. So that is something in the back of my mind. Might limit some of the upside for like those peripheral pass catchers. But ultimately, really do like Ridley, really like Julio, uh, Russell Gage. An interesting name, obviously, with a really good matchup.
0: All right, those are some of the wide receivers that I think are, are worth throwing out there. I'm trying to look for some running backs that could be Frank Gore's out there. I, you know. I, know,
1: I don't know if Naheem Hines was picked up in enough leagues. But again, the Texans allowed the most receptions per game to opposing running backs. So I understand it's going to be a committee tonight. It's going to be messy, but they've allowed some big chunk, chunk plays to receiving running backs. And I think Naheem Hines can make some plays tonight. What
0: about Benny Snell? James Conner's not going to be out there. Benny Snell is looking to, uh, looks like he could potentially return. Mike Tomlin said earlier this week he's excited about it.
1: Yeah. It's just, look, if you're going to, if you're going to pick up Benny Snell, are, are you going to be able to start him this week? I mean, you'd want to against the Bengals, right? But There's it could be my a three-headed league, running back by committee. Somebody in my league is starting Duke Johnson and Latavius Murray at running back. I would use both of those players over Benny Snell. So
0: then, no, you won't use Benny Snell. No. <laughs> Which is up next with the Inside Injuries Report.
2: I've fallen, and I can get up. Inside
0: Injuries with Virginia Zakis. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. Virginia Zakis is in the house with the Inside Injuries report. Virginia, what's going on? Not too much. Another busy week of injuries. Always, 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 Injuries. We appreciate you joining us here today. Uh, I want to begin on a selfish level, and I want to begin... Surprise! Surprise! No, not at all. I'm you what we have it on Sunday night, and that was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams, they both left this game early. Tyreek Hill hurt a hamstring. Damian Williams looked like hurt his ribs.
2: They don't bye this week, which is really good timing. What will happen next week, though? So, definitely a good time for them to have the buy. Um, neither of these injuries looks overly serious, but um, you know, if they were playing this week, I would expect both of them to. Probably not play Um, for Tyree kill. We're showing a mild hamstring strain after he underwent an MRI Um, optimal recovery time is two weeks. Now he was a high injury risk even before this hamstring strain, um, you know, because of his injury earlier in the season, that SC joint dislocation and his um, history of injuries. So going to still be a high injury risk next week, even though he's supposed to hit his optimal recovery time heading into week 13. Um, also worth noting that he has a history of these lower body kind of soft tissue, muscular strains also had a hamstring injury in 2017 and a quad strain in 2018. Um, didn't miss any games with either of those injuries, but this is something he has battled before. So I think we'll most likely see him in week 13. Um, but he's going to be a continue to be a high injury risk. Um, for Damien Williams, they're calling his injury, a rib injury. X-rays were negative. So it doesn't seem like there's any rib fractures, but I am concerned that there's a cartilage injury, which can often be a lot more painful than a rib fracture is. Um, if that's the case, if it's a mild cartilage fracture, cartilage injury, optimal recovery time is three weeks. Um, If it's a more serious one, it may take him, honestly, until the end of the regular season until it starts to feel better. Um, A lot of it is about pain management, um, getting an injection before the game, Um, but every time he takes a big hit, you know it could be the end of his day very quickly. So unfortunately, I'm going to be concerned about Williams um, probably for the next month or so at least, um, even if he is playing through that rib injury.
1: So it looks like Tyreek Hill should be good to go after the bye week. Will continue to be a risk just because of everything he's dealt with in terms of the the soft tissue injuries and the fact that, you know, he still did have that shoulder injury earlier on in the season. We spoke about the leftovers, Greg. If Darryl Williams is out there based on this news on Damian Williams, uh, then I think Darryl is someone that you should be looking at as well. Virginia, I want to ask you about two Indianapolis Colts. We know that Marlon Mack is not going to play tonight. Dealing with a fracture in his hand, we're you know scurrying trying to figure out what this Colts running back by committee is going to look like. How long is Marlon Mack expected to miss? And please update us on T. Y. Hilton. It looks like he is going to be good to go for tonight. You know what was the original diagnosis uh, from inside injuries? You know when was his healthy to return date?
2: Yeah. So, for Marlon Mack, um, suffered a metacarpal fracture and underwent surgery um, after Sunday's game. He's not going to play tonight. Um, Our algorithm is showing a seven-week optimal recovery time. Um, Now, I don't expect him to miss that much time. I think he'll return sooner than that, but the fracture will not be healed by then. Um, That means he will probably have to wear a brace or a cast on his um, hand, and that's going to affect his ball security. It's going to affect his um, pass catching and his blocking ability. So a lot of it's going to have to do with You know, how much pain is he in when the doctor says it's safe enough for him to return? Um, and then how well can he perform? Because it's certainly going to hurt his production. So they're just going to have to decide, you know, even at, you know, 70%, 80%, is it worth having him out there? Um, I think the soonest we'll probably see him is week 14, that might still be, um, a bit optimistic given his injury. Um, T.Y. Hilton, our algorithms have been showing all along a grade two moderate calf strain. Um. Earliest we've been saying he should return is week 13. So I really don't think he should play tonight. Although they're saying he's a game time call and he's got a good chance of playing. Um, especially given, you know, it's the Thursday night game, um, every day counts in this situation. So he's a high risk of re-injury. Um, You know, he even admitted himself that he thought the injury could be season ending. So this is clearly pretty serious. Um, He really should give himself 10 more days and wait until week 13 to return. If he does that, his injury risk should move from high risk to elevated. Um, But calf strains are just so tough to recover from. So I'm worried about him if he plays tonight.
1: Greg, I'm with Virginia here. I do worry about T.Y. Hilton. We said yesterday on the show that if he plays, you have to get him in your lineup just because this Texans secondary could be taken advantage of, and T.Y. Hilton has a great history of dominating against him. Unbelievable history. But it's just a really tough situation because you don't want to start off your fantasy week with T.Y. Hilton in your lineup. He ends up re-injuring it, himself, yeah. and the next thing you know, you, you have a zero or a two for 20 and something like that, and that's how you get your week started. So it's a very volatile situation, very, very low floor, Very high ceiling based on what Hilton has been able to do against them. Well, we've
0: been saying all week with T.Y. Hilton that if he plays tonight, he has the potential, obviously, to go bonkers. But he also has the potential to leave early and re-injure himself. It's a risk that I think you have to weigh and see if it's worth taking. We're talking about Virginia Zakis here from Inside Injuries. Virginia, we give you a double here with the Colts. I want to do the same with the Atlanta Falcons. Earlier this week, Dan Quinn was like, hey, Austin Hooper, Devontae Freeman, feeling good about them. And Austin Hooper was ruled out. And Demonte Freeman did not practice yesterday. What can you tell us is the latest on those two Falcons?
2: So Hooper is dealing with an MCL sprain. Um, Our algorithm is um, giving us a grade two, so moderate sprain. Um, The minimum optimal recovery time for this is three weeks. So we're saying he shouldn't return until week 13 at the earliest. Um, And so actually we think it's good news that he has already been ruled out this week. If he waits until week 13 or week 14, um, I think they've got the Thursday game next week, so that actually will be a little early for him to return. Um, so it'll still be a high risk if he plays next week, but we don't think this should um, be an injury that extends past week fourteen. Um, for Devontae Freeman, he's dealing with a mid foot sprain. Um, I think it's likely a Liz Frank injury, which you know you have to treat those very carefully. He didn't practice yesterday. Um, I just saw on Twitter that they he is he wasn't seen out there today. So. Two mispractices practices after already missing one game. Um, definitely not starting the week off right. So I think they hold him out uh, this week and then hope they can get him back for their next game. Um, he's another player that was already a high injury risk. He had a foot injury last year. And then, of course, he had that knee sprain and groin surgery. So I think the Falcons are going to be pretty careful with him um, given everything his body has been through in the last year.
1: And based on where they're at, Greg, you know, why Agreed. would they rush back Devontae Freeman? Totally. Agree. You know,
2: they still have a chance at.
1: Whatever, six, seven wins. And, you know, Austin Hooper likely back at some point, but I don't think that they're really going to be rushing back either one of these players. Virginia, let's keep the theme alive of asking you about teammates and Juju Smith Schuster and James Conner. Conner re injured that shoulder and he left early last week on Thursday Night Football. He has had more time to recover, but we haven't seen him at practice so far this week. And then Juju already looking doubtful for this week. You know, I don't think that he's uh, officially been ruled out, but not expected to play. Should we expect Juju Smith-Schuster back in week 13? I know that he's dealing with both a knee injury and a concussion.
2: Yep. Um, So all reports on Juju have been, you know, he's not going to play this week. Um, Just the combination of clearing concussion protocol and also being able to test out his knee and making sure, you know, he can make it through the game without re-injuring it probably isn't going to happen within a week. But our algorithm is saying that by week 13, we think he'll be ready um, to come back. Now, always worth noting that it's just nearly impossible to predict how long a player is going to take to recover from a concussion. Um, but if we're just looking at his knee injury, two weeks should likely be enough time for him. Um, for James Conner, you know, early on when he originally was hurt, they called it an AC sprain. They made it seem pretty minor. And then of course he went on to miss two weeks, um, which is not really normal with an AC with a milder AC sprain. Um, most of the time running backs can play through it. They might not make it through the game. Um, A lot of it is about pain management, but most of the time they're okay. So I think this is either a much more serious AC sprain, or there's something else going on in his shoulder that they haven't told us about. Um, You know, he returned last week, but wasn't able to finish the game, didn't practice yesterday. Um, We're actually now showing that he should miss at least three weeks after aggravating his shoulder injury. Um, Anytime a player suffers an aggravation, the recovery time is going to be much longer Last time three weeks wasn't enough, so we're now showing that he should miss um, a lot more time. And unfortunately, he's probably going to be a high injury risk for the rest of the season.
1: Well, Greg, as if we couldn't get worse news on the Pittsburgh Steelers, things were already bad. Their offense is limited with Mason Rudolph, but it's not looking good, specifically for James Conner. Looks like he might have came back too soon. Uh, Should expect him to be out a couple of weeks. I don't think he plays this week, obviously.
0: Two major names that we have to ask you about that seem like legit question marks, and I want to make sure we get them in before we hit the break. It's George Kittle and Tyler Lockett out there in in the NFC West. Lockett left the game two weeks ago. George Kittle hasn't played in a few weeks. They both seem very, very questionable at best for Sunday. What can you tell us about them?
2: Yeah, so George Kittle um, dealing with a knee injury. He was hurt in week nine. Um, Looks like he hyperextended his knee. This can cause a few different things. Um, The most extreme diagnosis would be a torn ACL, but don't think he suffered that. Um, Outside of that, there's concern for a milder knee sprain or a bone bruise. Um, In his case, the MRI showed minor ailments, so we don't really have a clear diagnosis, but I'm suspecting there's a bone bruise. Um, If that's the case, the optimal recovery time is around four weeks. So don't think he should play this week, but by week 13, he could be ready to come back. Um, Tyler Lockett, um, this was a scary situation. He ended up spending a couple nights in the hospital because of significant swelling in his lower leg. Um, the concern here is compartment syndrome, um, which is when swelling in the muscles gets to a dangerous level, and it can cause damage to blood vessels and the muscle tissue. Um, thankfully, he avoided the worst case scenario, seems to be doing okay, but This, you know, is still pretty painful and um, likely dealing with a bone bruise to a shin. So he didn't practice yesterday. Um, They were saying there's a chance he was going to practice today, but I haven't seen yet if he's out there. Um, And so our algorithm is showing that he should wait until week 13 or 14 to return.
1: All right, so some ominous news there on George Kittle and Tyler Lockett. Obviously, you know, big-name players that we need to show up as we gear up for the fantasy football playoffs. Lockett has been so awesome all season long. Same thing with George Kittle. Seemed like he was finally starting to come around, uh, and then he suffered that knee injury. So, look, if George Kittle can't go, our man Greg Ross Dwelly back in the mix. Dude, I'm going to start Ross Dwelley <laughs> over,
0: over Ben Watson. That's what this is coming to. Good luck, buddy. Virginia Sakas, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again next week. More sounds good, guys. Have a good one. Alright, we'll be back. Preview Thursday Night Football when we return here on the BFFs. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Do you want two risk-free wagers of up to thousand dollars? Then go to PointsBet.com slash GRID and open up a Points bet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet a th- uh, bet the Texans minus three and a half as home favorites and they beat the Colts by seven points, you will receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Also, we want to welcome in the Pluto audience, Channel 517. We know you're watching. We know you're joining us. You're on the grid. Because you want the edge. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, you can find us on YouTube at Sports Grid Network and on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. Frank, Thursday Night Football tonight Colts and Texans. As I just said, Colts are a three and a half point dog or were a uh, three and a half point dog earlier today. Has that changed?
1: It has not changed. The spread for this game is currently with the Texans laying three and a half points, Greg, and the total at 45 and a half. What do you think? where do we want to start? Do we want to break it down by position for fantasy purposes or well, from I, so a th- betting perspective? What do you want to do? So,
0: I don't think you have to go position by position so much. We're in week 12, right? Like, everybody kind of knows where we're at.
1: I right. mean, look, you know you're starting Deshaun Watson if you own him. Right. Like, it, it's uh, uh, nothing crazy. Of course. But
0: I i, I want to talk about certain positions where there, there are question marks. We talked about T.Y. Hilton a lot, so I'm not even there. I want to start on the Houston side of the ball, specifically with Carlos Hyde, because you asked me a really good question earlier, uh, right before the show started. And that says, do I start Carlos Hyde tonight or do I wait for Bo Scarborough on Sunday? Carlos Hyde in the mix with Jalen Samuels, Darius guys. These kind of names I was naming earlier, they're
1: all in this pack together yep. this week. I know you've been working on your running back rankings, so what say you? So I currently have Carlos Hyde as RB24. I have him five spots lower than the consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. The reason being, the Colts have actually been pretty good against the run so far this season. They're allowing just over four yards per carry. Uh, It's easier to beat the Colts with receiving backs. You know, they've allowed the fourth fourth most reception so far. So, I think Duke Johnson is interesting tonight. The Colts have only allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs so far this season. Earlier on, when these two teams met, both Duke and Carlos Hyde were limited to under 60 total yards each. So... We know that Carlos Hyde is really game flow dependent, Greg. You know, when the Texans are playing with a lead, you can look at his game log. In games that the Texans win, those are the games where Carlos Hyde has performed better. In games that they've lost, obviously, playing from behind, negative game script. They have more Duke Johnson on the field. That was the case last week. He played 59% of the snaps. He had six carries and two targets. Carlos Hyde salvaged his day, only played 34% of the snaps, had that, you know, long touchdown run late in the game Nine carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. But if he didn't get that long touchdown run, we were looking at a very bad game from Carlos Hyde last week. I don't feel great about Carlos Hyde tonight, Greg. So I have more of a, a low-end RB2, high-end flex option. That's you know where he's been for most of the season. But if you're asking me between him, Bo Scarborough, Darius Geis, I have both Geis and Bo Scarborough ranked ahead of Carlos Hyde. Reason being, the matchup, Greg. I like the matchup for those guys more. The matchup is better for those guys. Like you
0: said, Carlos Hyde is so dependent on that game flow and so dependent on being able to stay in the game, which means the Texans have a lead. They've been really they've really struggled through the years over the Indianapolis Colts. I think there might be more of that tonight, which means Carlos Hyde doesn't become an afterthought, but doesn't become the focal point of the
1: offense that you need him to be. Do we have a word on Will Fuller tonight? So I was just looking that up during the break, and I, I really don't see any Will Fuller news. It's just... He's questionable for tonight. I think, you know, that changes the target share for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I tweeted about that last week, drink that when Will Fuller has been on the field this year, we see the target share for specifically Hopkins, Duke Johnson, and Darren Fells go down tremendously. We also saw Darren Fells not really do much uh, last week for the Houston Texans uh, coming back from the bye. Uh, But, I haven't seen anything in terms of Will Fuller. Even if he plays, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to get him in my lineup personally. It's one of those, you know, I think it's a volatile situation as well, similar to T.Y. Hilton where he could be back but could end up re-injuring himself. Uh, I don't necessarily want Kenny Stills in my lineup either. I think tonight is a lot of, you know who you're starting, right? Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. I like the over on DeAndre Hopkins receptions tonight. You see the prop for that at the FanDuel Sportsbook at six and a half. He has at least 11 targets in five straight games. Uh, On the other side, Jacoby Brissett, Greg, the last time he faced the Texans earlier on this year, he threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. I actually like Jacoby Brissett a decent amount. I have him as my QB 13. This is going to surprise some people. I'm, I'm just very bullish on the quarterbacks with good matchups this week. I have Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, and Jacoby Brissett all inside of my top 13 quarterbacks. They are ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. They are ahead of Tom Brady. They're ahead of Nick Foles. You know, I I'm trusting the matchups here. And, you know, if we're talking about props, Jacoby Brissett's number tonight for passing yards, Greg, 233 and a half. That's really low, man. I mean, the Houston Texans are allowing an average of 289 passing yards per game. That's the fourth most in the NFL. They've given up a ton of passing touchdowns as well. They've given up 22 passing touchdowns. That's fifth most in the NFL. That is the way to attack this Houston Texans defense. They don't have much pass rush, no more Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt out for the year. I think Jacoby Brissett's going to have success tonight.
0: Colts are a team that want to run the football, though. I know T.Y. Hilton should be back. I expect Eric E. Brown to be able to play as well. But their, their game plan is to run the football down the other team's throats.
1: That has Just been... saying. That that's has they,
0: been... That's what they want to do.
1: So that's what they did against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And I think this is where the the mastermind of Frank Reich comes into play, Greg, because I think that they attack a team's biggest deficiency. And when it comes to the Houston Texans, that is their secondary and throwing the ball, you know, specifically to wide receivers. Now, hopefully T.Y. Hilton's good to go. Looks like he's going to try and suit up. Uh, But, you know, targeting those outside wide receivers and, and wide receivers down the field, that is the way to attack this Houston Texans defense. And I think Frank Reich is going to know that and realize that, and also the pass-catching running back. So that's why I do expect Naheem Hines to be involved. I have him as a low-end RB3. He's more of a flex play. You know, we've got a, a three-headed running back by committee tonight between Jonathan Williams and Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. And you know, I think that they're going to mix it up between Jonathan Williams and and, uh, and Wilkins on early downs, but I do think that that Naheem Hines is in in play for... Let's say eight to ten touches tonight. I, I really do. I think that they're going You're to try and there. utilize him in the pass game. So there is a league where I am starting him. now when I say flex play, do not put him in your flex because Thursday night football, very good. You want him you very want that good. flexibility for for Sunday, right? So if you want to start Naheem Hines while he is a flex play in theory, put him in as your R B two. Yep. Leave that flex option open for Sunday just so that it gives you some flexibility, Greg. Absolutely. You're that's extremely,
0: extremely important to do, uh, to be smart, to be able to put those players um, in the running back or wide receiver position rather than the flex. You don't want to you leave yourself options. It's all about that flexibility, which is why you need to be smart about that. Um, anything else for
2: tonight?
1: Look, I think we've hit on it. I'll just run through, you know, where I have these Colts running backs ranked, just in case, you know, people are wondering. I have Jonathan Williams at RB29, so a mid-flex play. I have him uh, just behind Tariq Cohen and Brian Hill, just ahead of Latavius Murray and Royce Freeman. I have Naheem Hines at RB35, and then I have Jordan Wilkins at RB40. So, you know, they're, all three of these running backs are separated by 11 spots. So they are pretty close in my rankings, Trying to hedge a little bit here. Uh, I I think we, you know, we got to talk about the tight ends a little bit here as well, Greg. Uh, Eric Ebron has been playing more recently. Him and Jack Doyle basically ran the same amount of routes last week. And earlier on in the season, Eric Ebron scored a touchdown against this Houston Texans defense. So if. Ebron goes tonight, which it looks like he's going to play. Uh, I do like him a little bit more than Doyle. You know, you heard him chirping a little bit a couple of weeks ago, and he has been more involved than Doyle uh, since he made those comments about his role in the offense. So, uh, if I'm just if I'm picking the game, Greg, I, I'll I'll lean with the Texans. I'll lean with the over. But the plays that I really like most are Jacoby Brissett over his passing yards and DeAndre Hopkins over on his six and a half receptions.
0: All right, those are the props that Frankie really likes tonight. You can get in the game, of course, FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, or wherever you place your bachelor's night football uh, tonight. Frank, let's dive into your rankings. What
1: are you having the most trouble with at this moment? So it was just some of those running back situations that we were talking about earlier, right? I want to like Jalen Samuels. This matchup against the Bengals is a primetime one. I mean, this is, you know, you want to start your running backs against the Cincinnati Bengals, but... As of now, we don't really know who the go-to guy is going to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jalen Samuels caught a bunch of passes last week. They were playing from behind for a lot of that game against the Browns, but Trey Edmonds has been active the past couple of weeks. He's had a role as an early-down runner. Benny Snell, it seems like they like him as an early-down runner. Uh, Between the tackles, a bigger guy. Doesn't really have breakaway speed, but I think someone that they envision that they can use uh, in short-yarded situations, he kind of fits the mold as that type of running back. So... I think right now, just kind of ranking the Steelers running backs has been a tough situation, Greg. I know that you own Jalen Samuels. Are you expecting him to be the lead guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers here, or are those other guys going to have a role as well? The other guys are obviously going to have a role. Um, As someone that has owned and started Jalen
0: Samuels a lot this season, a lot being a relative term, of course, um, it's frustrating when you see Trey Edmonds get the first carry of the game, right? It's frustrating when you see Benny Snell be very, very involved. But I think the key to Jalen Samuels is Deontay Johnson and Juju smith most likely also being out this week. I think- Now,
1: Deontay Johnson practiced in full yesterday, but he's still in concussion protocol. He's got to so- clear the protocol. Yep. Well, he might. He might do it. Because they've had 10 days off. That's right. Yep. So he might clear the protocol.
0: Heck, the Patriots think Philip Dorsett might clear the protocol, and that's within six days. But that's what makes me most bullish, I would say, on Samuels. The fact that at the wide receivers, they're going to have to rely on him in that role. In what may have been their most complete game is when they dumped it off to him 15 times, right? So they are the other running backs. That's why I brought up Betty Snell earlier. They're going to be involved. It's only a question of how involved are they going to be. I want to go to the wide receivers, Frank, for a moment here. Robert Woods still hasn't returned to LA's facility. We don't know what's wrong. We don't know what's going on with
1: him. Is he droppable? No, I wouldn't drop Robert Woods because the last time we saw him, he actually was more involved than pretty much ever. And, you know, he closed in on 100 yards in that game. So, personally, I wouldn't drop Robert Woods. This Rams offense has not been good, not what we were expecting, obviously, coming into the season. But uh, personally, I am not dropping Robert Woods. But I do recognize that even if he plays this week, it is a really, really tough matchup. I think outside of Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup, you don't really want to start any other Rams against this Ravens defense.
0: Ian Rappaport has just reported that James Thrash and, um... Where's the other guy now? Derek, um... Derek Brooks. There he goes. Derek Brooks and James Thrash have ruled on the suspensions for Marquise Pouncey and for Miles Garrett. Marquise Pouncey was suspended for three games. Now, he's suspended for two games. Lowered the suspension by one game. For Miles Garrett, he was suspended indefinitely. Now... He is still suspended indefinitely, as he should be. His appeal was denied. The suspension was completely upheld. The latest on him is he's accusing Mason Rudolph of using a uh, derogatory racial slur. Yep. No one has heard about that uh, prior to him saying this. It's kind of sounds like Miles Garrett doing anything that will work.
1: Yeah, it's just a really ugly situation. Obviously, with everything went down a week ago today on Thursday Night Football, smacking a guy with his own helmet. I mean, come on, Miles Garrett, and now you you have this to say. I mean, even if that were the case, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, somebody could say anything to you on the field, and I, I don't think that it's going to justify you know taking someone else's helmet off and smacking them over the head with it. So, who knows at this point? You know what was said. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of things that are said on the football field that, you know, obviously people don't want to hear. Unfortunately, you know, you never want to see it go that far in terms of racial slurs, but, you know, these these guys are... It's the heat of the moment. They're trash-talking each other. It still doesn't justify, you know, taking someone else's helmet off and beating them with it uh, overall. So, we'll see what happens. I saw that, you know, Mason Rudolph's lawyer came out and had, yeah. like, a comment about it. Uh, just an ugly situation all around for the Steelers, the Browns, the NFL in general. It's just... What are we doing, Greg?
0: I like the Colts, plus three and a half tonight, Frankie. Oh,
1: you're on the Colts. Look, I would not want to bet the side. I heard Gabe talk about that earlier on today. I would take the over. I like those props more than anything, Greg.
0: He's Frank Snaffle. I'm Greg Sussman. Wager Talk, followed by At The Window, is next. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We We hope.
1: Here's what you missed on the BFFs.
0: You know that Mohamed Sanu and Philip Dorsett didn't practice yesterday. He's like, wow. I'm sorry for putting words in your mouth. You're sitting right here. But you were like, wow. I I knew about Sanu. I didn't realize about Dorsett. This is pretty big news.
1: Yeah, it is because... This Patriots offense has already been limited big time so far this season. And now, you know, Mohamed Sanu didn't practice yesterday. We'll see what happens today. I haven't seen the the Patriots practice report yet. Philip Dorsett, I saw some of that news later on last night, but, you know, he left with a concussion. He's dealing with concussion symptoms now. Edelman's a little bit banged up, but he's, you know, he should be good to go. But ultimately, that could open up some opportunity, Greg, because they need pass catchers on this team. They haven't been able to run the ball effectively. I think... This should lend itself to the arrow pointing up for James White. We could see more targets, although his targets have uh, been pretty consistent so far this season. But there's two names specifically. I know there's one that you really like a lot that we will talk about uh, when it comes to the leftovers segment, Craigie.
0: Yeah, there is some some stuff going on with the Patriots when it comes to the leftovers. We're going to get to that uh, after the break, but I, I certainly believe it's worth mentioning. Also, uh, over the next hour, Frank, I know you are your rankings are, are published. I know they're done, but like, are they published? They're not done yet. They're they're
1: currently being worked on.
0: Well, I wanted to work through it with you because as you walked in, I had uh, a bunch of running back questions. A lot of guys in similar tiers have been waiting on on Jalen Samuels versus Bo Scarborough for a while. I wanted to add Darius Geis to that mix. Um, I I think there's a lot of running back conversation that we we have to have. We have to try to figure out – where they rank, how you rank them. We want to answer the people's questions because we know you have them when it comes to Bo Scarborough, when it comes... We've talked a lot about Bo this week. I I know we... Yeah, all the
1: Bo Lever, you know, stuff aside, there is a lot to talk about, right? Like, how high is too high when it comes to ranking Bo Scarborough this week? It is a conversation worth having.
0: I also want to get into Devin Singletary as well because I know he's in the top 20 of a lot of rankings, and I got to see where you have him there. So I I want to spend a lot of today talking about the leftovers, yes. Getting to Thursday Night Football, talking about Virginia for sure. I want to dive into these rankings here on our final bye week and see what we could do.
1: All right, sure. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense to me. Trying to figure out where to put some of these guys. I mean, there's very specific situations, Greg, that, you know, I was talking to a few of the guys downstairs about this, the closer Alex Fasano as well. There's a lot of running back situations that you don't really know what's going to happen based on the injury report yeah. so far, right? So when it comes to the Steelers, and I tweeted this out last night, Drink. We knew that the Cincinnati Bengals' defense was really bad. But did you know that they were this bad, Greg? They have allowed a 100-yard rusher or a rushing touchdown to a running back in every single game this season. The Bengals are really bad. The problem is, when it comes to the Steelers, normally they don't run a committee. But normally they have a running back that they can depend on as well. So is it going to be Jalen Samuels? Is it going to be Benny Snell? Is it going to be Trey Edmonds? So there's a lot of names in the mix there.